Good morning, everybody. Uh, for me and for my wife, Lena, is so grateful to be together with you this morning and worship our awesome God. Uh, first of all, I would like to say thank you for all your multiple prayers about uh, our ministry in Ukraine and about our country, about our people. And thank you for your prayers and for your love and for your faithful support. Yeah, you know, I'm sorry for my English uh, because English is still Greek to me. Uh, as I usually say, we are going to speak English in heaven. You know why? Because it will take you eternity to learn this language. <laughs> so anyway, I'm so happy to be together with you this morning and uh, sleeping without sirens, you know, it's kind of, you know, nice. Uh, because we came from Kyiv and in two weeks we're going back home. So please continue to pray for us and for our ministry and for our seminary and for our people, and that God will stop this war. Uh, because uh, this is horrible what's going on in Ukraine, but uh, we believe that God is in control. As we read this morning, I would like to read another uh, uh, one, one more time. Uh, in, the, in the book of, uh, in second book of, uh, second book of Peter, chapter 3, verse 9, God said, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. The topic of my sermon is why God may put us on hold. You know, when you uh, read uh, in the Bible, uh, in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, uh, we can see that once Jesus, together with his disciples, uh, got into the boat and they went to the another side of the Sea of Galilee. And as soon as boat came to the coast and they took and, and they went out from the boat, they were surrounded by multiple crowd of people who were waiting for them. And Jesus started to teach these people about kingdom of God. And people loved uh, Jesus' teaching because he taught with power, not as the scribes and the Pharisees. And during this message, uh, we can see that uh, suddenly through this crowd came a man named Jairus. He was a ruler of the synagogue. And he had only daughter, 12 years old, and she was uh, deadly sick, you know, ill. And he came to Jesus and he felt at his feet and he was begging him that he will enter his house and heal his daughter. When you read this uh, story, he said, my little daughter is dying. Please come, lay your hands upon her so that she will be healed of her illness and be alive. And Jesus with his disciples, you know, surrounded by a crowd of people, followed the ruler. And when they came closer to his house, suddenly Jesus slowed down and stopped. And he looked around and he said, Who touched me? You know, his disciples were shocked because they said, uh, you know, teacher, 
people press on you from all sides and you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, no, someone touched me for I felt the power that went out of me. Then a woman runs to Jesus and she fell to his feet and she was telling him about herself and about her illness and about how she got healed. She was telling Jesus that she was, uh, you know, bleeding for, uh, bleeding for 12 years. Uh, it's interesting, this is exact number of years that uh, when this woman got sick, uh, you know, Jairus' daughter was born. And during the, all this time, she was trying to uh, be healthy. She went to see different doctors. She said that she, had, she was rich and she spent all her money or her wealth on doctors and no one could help her. And actually, she came to the worst stage. And, you know, her situation was terrible because before she was rich and sick. Now she is poor and sick. You know, there are two kinds of doctors, good doctors and the other type, the other kind. Uh, so we can see that she got the other kind of doctors and she spent all her money in vain. Plus, she was unclean because according to Jewish law, this kind of disease classif classified her as an unclean. It means that she cannot be among people. And even if somebody comes into her, she needs to scream, unclean, unclean, so nobody will come closer to her. So it means that if people will know that she is among them, if they will find out that she is unclean and she is in the crowd, according to the law, they should kill her by stoning. And this is why she wasn't able even to speak, even to ask uh, Jesus to heal her so nobody will know that she is unclean and she is here. And she said in her heart, we are reading in the Bible, uh, she said that uh, I will only touch his garment. And when she did this, she felt that her illness had left her and she was healed. The Lord listened all her stories and then said to her, Daughter, cheer up. Your faith has made you well. And you know, while Jesus was talking to this woman, in this point, few people came from the Jairus' house because they were, they were not far away from his house. And they said to him, they said, Jairus, do not bother the teacher because your daughter has died. You know, I can understand how felt Jairus because I have only daughter as well. And uh, I believe that these words, like a knife, pierced his heart. And uh, he didn't say that, but I believe that Jairus thought if Jesus will not slow down, if Jesus will not stop, if he will not put him on hold, if he will not ask him who touched me, if he will not listen all the stories of this woman, you know, it's nice 
that woman got healed, but we don't have time to go through all these details because time is crucial. It's an emergency. We need to go fast and every second could be last one. And Jairus thought, if Jesus will not do it, they will make it. And his daughter will not die. But unfortunately now, it's all over. Now it's too late. You know, almost one year later, it's written in the Gospel of John, chapter 11. Uh, Jesus and his disciples were, were in unpopulated place in the Jordan Valley. It was the place where Jesus was baptized by the John the Baptist. And Jesus took his disciples privately in this place away from people in order to spend some time with them because he was teaching them. He was preparing them as the future apostles so they can carry gospel throughout the world. But suddenly, a man came to them, and uh, he found out them, and he came because he was sent by sisters Martha and Mary. And he said to Jesus, Lazarus, your friend, the one you love, is sick. Come and heal him. And Jesus got up, and he went. Only two days later. And when they came to Bethany, it was four days later. And when Jesus saw Martha and Mary, to both of them said the same words. They said, if you were here, our brother would not have died. In other words, if you had come when we sent for you, if you had not slowed down, if you had not stopped and put us on hold, then our brother would not have died. But now it's all over. Now it's too late. You know, when we look through all these stories, these two stories, in first glance, it looks like they're completely different because it's happened in different times and in different places and with different people. But when we look closely, we can see a lot of similarity in these stories because in first story, as well as in second story, people came to Jesus and they came to Jesus with emergency needs. And they were asking Jesus, not for themselves, but for loved ones. And in first story, as in the second story, those for whom they were asking died. Because in first story, as in the second story, Jesus slowed down and put them on hold. The question is, why? Why 
Jesus slowed down. Why he put them on hold? You know, in order to answer these questions, I would like to draw your attention to another side of similarities. Uh, because uh, in first story, as soon uh, you know, the same like in the second story, uh, people came to Jesus not only with their needs, but with their plans, with their agendas, with their programs, with their human hopes and expectations. When we read these stories, we see that uh, when Jairus came to Jesus, uh, he was trusting his high position. Because he wasn't a common man. He was a ruler of synagogue. So he had this confidence that Jesus will leave everything and he will help him immediately. By his plans... Jesus is supposed to go quickly without stopping, without any interruptions, and go to his home and heal his daughter. You know, Jairus even gave Jesus some helpful advices how he can heal his daughter. He said, lay your hands upon her. It's like Jesus doesn't know what to do. <laughs> and uh, when you read this story, we see that in plans of Jairus, he didn't have room that, people, that, that Jesus will stop, that he will slow down, that he will talk to the woman. You know, according to Jewish law, you know, J J Jewish never talked to the woman in public. And in his plans, he didn't have this room for his daughter to die. He didn't plan funeral. He had completely different plans, completely different picture. The same with the sisters of Mary and Martha. When Lazarus got sick, they sent the man as ambassador, and this man find Jesus, even if it wasn't easy to find him. And he told Jesus that his friend is sick. You know, he tried to underline that Lazarus is not just a common man, but he is a special man. He is your friend. He is the one whom you love. You know, just in case if Jesus forget about it. And he told Jesus to go immediately to the house of Mary and Martha and heal Lazarus. And it was plans of sisters. According to their plans, Jesus is supposed to come immediately and heal their brother that he will not die. In his plan, in their plans, they didn't have room that brother will die and they will bury him. And Jesus slowed down. And he was waiting. And little girl was died, and Lazarus was died. The question is why? Why he waited? Why he, he put them on hold? 
because with death of the girl, all plans, all programs, all desires and human expectations of Jairus died as well. And with death of Lazarus, all hopes and all desires and all human expectations of Mary and Martha died too. And then, after that, Jesus came to the house of Jairus and he talked to the dead girl and he said, Talitha kumi, which means, little girl, I tell you, get up. And he returned her to her parents. After that, Jesus came to the tomb in which Lazarus lay, whose body was already discomposing, as it is written in King James, his body was stinking. And he said, Lazarus, go out and take a bath. It's a Ukrainian version. <laughs> because he was stinking, you know. Jesus slowed down and put them on hold that all people around will see that he is not just a healer, he is not just a physician or magician, but he is, as he told Mary, resurrection and life. He is Almighty God. He is creator of universe, and everything is possible for him. You know, very often in our life, we are doing the same thing. We are coming to God with our problems, with our difficulties, with our pain, with our fears. But very often we are coming to God not just with our needs, but with our plans our blueprints, our business plans. And we are telling God what we need, why we need, when he should do it, and just in case if he doesn't know how, we tell him how he can do it. <laughs> and you know what God is doing? He is putting us on hold. Wait. Calm down. He is putting us on hold till all our plans, our programs, our desires, our human hopes would die. Because God doesn't need our advices. He is Almighty God. He is sovereign God. He is God of universe. And He better knows what we need when we need, and how to do it. Who we are telling God what to do. You know, right now we have war in Ukraine. And millions of Ukrainians are praying that God will stop this war. And millions of people around the world are praying that God will stop this war. 
but he put us on hold. Why? Because when I listen to these prayers, I can see that people not just coming to God with their need, but they tell him what to do. How he should stop this war. You know, uh, one day, little boy, during the church service, he came forward, and he came to pastor, and he said, Pastor, I would like to pray. And pastor said, okay. And he gave him mic, and this boy prayed and said, Lord, please stop this war. You know that Putin is sick, so please help that none of the doctors will create a medicine for him that he will be well. In other words, let him die, you know. It's like God doesn't know what to do. We will tell him what to do. We will tell him when to do. And we will tell him that we need to do. So he put us on hold. And he is waiting until all our plans will die. And we will come to him with our problem. And we will tell, Lord, not my will but your will be done. It is important for us to pray the faith prayer. You know what is the faith prayer? It's when we say, Lord, my answer is yes. So now, what is your question? My answer is yes. Just tell me what is your question. You know, God would like us to trust him as little children trust their parents. You know, when we read the Bible, once Jesus, he uh, took a little boy and he placed him in front of his disciples and he said, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 18.3 Because God would like us that we put our trust on him. In 1 Peter 5.7 says, Casting all your cares on him because he cares about you. I remember when my daughter was little and I would take her on my arms and throw her up in the air about five, you know, measures of her height. Yeah, she was little, about five measures of her height. Of course, when her mother didn't see it. <laughs> and she liked it, that, you know, she was laughing. She was flying and laughing. It was fun for her. And I thought, how much my child trusts me? And I thought, what if to take some of you and throw you up in the air, five, five measures of your height. It's about, you know, to the fourth floor. And you will fly and laugh, right? Of course not. Your heart will melt it. But little kids, they enjoy it because they trust their parents. They have this confidence that daddy will not drop. Unfortunately, earthly daddy could drop. But heavenly daddy cannot drop. 
because his arms the most powerful and his place the most safe and his heart the most loving so let us trust god and hold him that he will not put us on hold amen, amen. let us pray Our Heavenly Father, we're so grateful to you for this beautiful morning, for this privilege to be together and glorify your name. We are so thankful to you for your word and that you are teaching us from your word and help us, Lord, not just listen, but practice whatever we read in the Bible. Help us trust you with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength, and help us follow you and be obedient children. We need your help. It is amazing that you're doing in our lives and help us to see your work, even in difficulties, even in problems, even through pain. Help us to walk through this death valley and still be faithful to you. It's amazing that we didn't know each other. We, we live in different countries. We speak different languages. But you made us one by the blood of your son. And we are glorifying your name. And I am asking in Jesus' name. Amen.